Welcome to the sermon podcast of Exodus Church, located in Belmont, North Carolina. For more information about our church and the many ways you can be involved, please go to our website at theexoduschurch.org or email us at info at theexoduschurch.org. Now, if you'll take your Bible and turn to James 3, that's where we're going to be today. James chapter 3. We're continuing this series in the book of James. Now, I was asked this week um, about what kind of music I like to listen to, and one of my favorite styles of music is jazz. In fact, if I'm cooking breakfast or dinner uh, and I'm not listening to Christmas music, uh, I'm listening to jazz, okay? I, I just love it. And I, I grew up playing trumpet in a jazz band, and so I, I just love jazz. Well, Cheryl, my wife, is not all that in, enthused about jazz. Uh, she's come to appreciate it, though, over time, as I've kind of explained how jazz works. So jazz, uh, particularly the instrumental kind, not so much the vocal kind, but the instrumental kind, it starts with a melody or a theme, and that melody or theme is kind of passed around the band. So you have uh, the trumpet will take it for a while, then a clarinet or a trombone or a piano. And they just kind of pass the theme around in the song. And it almost creates this kind of conversation, each instrument kind of contributing to what this song is going to sound like. Well, as I've read James, it kind of has reminded me of jazz, which feels weird because James is so, you know, black and white and everything, you know, but, but it kind of has this jazz feel about it to me. Here's what I mean. You've got these themes that are introduced in James chapter 1, like uh, how we endure trials, how we speak to one another, how we deal with conflict. And each of these themes is introduced in James 1, and then it's picked up throughout the rest of the book. Um, And one of the themes introduced in James 1 is the theme of wisdom. It's a theme of wisdom. Well, today in James 3, James picks that up again and he starts reminding us of this God who gives generously to those who ask. And he shows us two types of wisdom. He shows us earthly wisdom, which is really the result of us not asking. Earthly wisdom is us saying to God, I don't need you. I can do this on my own. And then uh, he tells us there's a better way. There's godly wisdom. And godly wisdom is available to anyone who asks for it. And my hope today is that we as a church would seek godly wisdom because we need it, (laughs) and we need it right now. So that's my prayer today. That's my hope. I'm going to read James 3, and we're going to jump right in to, to what God's Word has to say for us. James 3, verse 13 is where we're going to start. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now, notice, James is talking to Christians here. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? So he's talking to this group of believers, people who have been brought forth by the word of truth, who have had uh, their hearts transformed by the implanted word. He's talking to Christians. 
And he's talking to Christians who have, who have kind of indicated that they are wise. Because he says, who is wise and understanding among you? And then he calls them to express this wisdom in how they live. In other words, this is another area where James is calling us to a true and living faith that is expressed in how we live and our wisdom. And you'll also see in James 3 that wisdom is not about content like the book of Proverbs. Wisdom is more about community. It really ends up being more about how we uh, treat one another. Because see, wisdom has this uh, source in our heart, uh, has a source, excuse me, and it produces some internal realities in our hearts and then is expressed in external results in our lives and in the church. That's what we're going to see about wisdom. He gives us two kinds. He says there's earthly wisdom and then there's godly wisdom. We're going to start with earthly wisdom today. Look at verse 14. He says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Let's start with the source of earthly wisdom. He says in verse 15, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above. He's reminding us of James 1 verse 5, where he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask and God gives generously. And James is saying that the kind of wisdom that results in bitter jealousy and ambition, that kind of wisdom does not come from above. It's not godly wisdom, it's earthly wisdom. And so earthly wisdom in this passage ends up being our attempt to live life on our own. That's earthly wisdom. We say to God, I don't need your wisdom, I've got my wisdom, I'm going to be okay. That's what earthly wisdom is. Second, it says unspiritual. It's earthly, it's unspiritual. Now this word uh, is speaking of how uh, this, this part of us where our reason and our feelings reside. And so earthly wisdom wants to elevate our thoughts and our feelings above God and his word. We want to say to God, because I feel this way or think this way, it must be true. It's elevated above God's word. So earthly wisdom kind of begins with this uh, this uh, rebellion against God, and that rebellion extends to his word. We say to God, God, I don't need your word. I've got my thoughts and my feelings. And then he says it's demonic. So these, <laughs> these adjectives are just uh, kind of going from bad to worse here. Earthly, unspiritual, and then demonic. So what does he mean by demonic? Well, in James chapter 2, he says something about demons. He says, they believe. He actually says, you believe God is one, you do well. Uh, the, believers, the demons believe and shudder, is what he says in James 2. And so these demons are set up as those who uh, believe true things about God, but they do not surrender to him. And so earthly wisdom is rooted in a rebellion against God and his word, and it's a rebellion so that we don't want to surrender to his will and way. That's earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom is rooted in rebellion to God's word and will. It's our effort to live life on our own. Earthly wisdom is the spiritual version of a temper tantrum. Uh, maybe you have or have seen or have been a toddler. And you've, 
You know what it's like when that toddler is told no and that toddler wants to exert his or her self-actualization and wants no one infringing on their liberties. And then they throw a duck fit in the middle of Target. Okay, Now, that is pint-sized earthly wisdom. That's what earthly wisdom is. It's saying no to God. It's saying, I don't want to submit to your will and way. I don't want to submit to your word. I'm going to live life my way. That's earthly wisdom. And that has some internal realities that, is, that are expressed in our lives, and it produces some external results in the church. We're going to see those in verse 14. Look at verse 14 with me. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and be false to the truth. James is saying, look, if that's coming out of you, you don't have godly wisdom in you, is what he's saying there. Bitter jealousy. Bitter jealousy is an internal reality where we don't want anyone else getting credit but us. We want what others have. We want to be seen as the star. We want to be seen as the one who wins. Everyone else is a combatant to defeat rather than a brother or sister to love. That's bitter jealousy. And its partner is selfish ambition. And selfish ambition is what bitter jealousy does to a team. It's what bitter jealousy does to a group or to a church. And someone who has bitter jealousy doesn't want anyone to win unless they can be the star. They would rather the team lose than the team win if they're not the reason. That's selfish ambition. And all that leads to these external results in verse 16. He says, uh, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Now, this disorder and vile practice is speaking of a chaotic frenzy of fighting in the church. That's what earthly wisdom leads to. Earthly wisdom, this, this rebellion against God and his word, produces this bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, and that results in fighting in the church, Destruct, destructive fighting in the church. Every uh, will be disorder and every vile practice, James says. And so, earthly wisdom... Earthly wisdom is rebellion against God's word and will that produces bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in our hearts and leads to destructive conflict in the church. That's why James follows this passage with um, a passage on conflict. We're going to spend the next two weeks on the subject of conflict in the church. So plan your vacations accordingly. All right. We're going to spend two weeks on conflict. In fact, we're bringing in Dr. Tony Morita, who is a gifted pastor from Raleigh, North Carolina. He's dean at Grimke Seminary. He's a gifted, gifted leader. He's going to come in on October 29th uh, for an evening. He's written a book on uh, Christ-centered conflict resolution. He's going to come in to help us grow in this area so that we can have more godly wisdom rather than uh, perhaps exhibit earthly wisdom. I want to encourage you to sign up today. Space is limited and childcare is provided. It's going to be a great evening as we think about this for our, ourselves and our families and our church. So that's earthly wisdom. It's rebellion against God's word and will. It produces bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in our hearts. And it leads to destructive conflict in the church. So I think some important questions for us would be this: these. First, is my life marked by surrender to God and his word? 
Is my life marked? Is, is if people looked at my life, would they see someone who is submitting to God's word and will? Is my life marked by that? Second question, is my life marked by constant competition with others so that I can feel validated? In other words, do I have to win to feel validated? Is my life marked by bitter jealousy? Another question, is competition affecting my community? There's one thing we're commanded to compete about in the Bible, and that's showing honor to one another. Romans 12 says, outdo one another in showing honor. Selfish ambition is the opposite of that verse, and it destroys community. Am I, am I letting selfish ambition run wild? Am I treating others around me like enemies rather than teammates? That's earthly wisdom. It's rooted in a rebellion against God's word and will. It produces bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in our lives, and it leads to destructive conflict in the church. That's earthly wisdom. Over and against that, James talks about godly wisdom in the passage, starting in verse 17. He says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Godly wisdom has a source too. It's from above, James says. This this is riffing on James chapter 1, verse 5, where he says, If any of you lack wisdom... If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. This is the wisdom that's from above, and it's godly wisdom. Godly wisdom starts with an awareness that we don't have it. That's the starting point for godly wisdom, that we don't have it. And it's, it's rooted in a belief that God gives it generously when we ask, that he, he never reproaches us. He never brings shame on us. He's never going to say, why, are you, why do you keep asking for wisdom? He's just going to gladly and generously give to those who ask. So godly wisdom is from above. And it produces some things. Since it begins with an awareness of need, godly wisdom produces meekness. Says in verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Now, the word meekness is not weakness. It's not the same word. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is actually power under control. This word was used of war horses in this day. I mean, just incredibly powerful animals that were under the control of their rider. That's what meekness is. And godly wisdom produces that in us. And then there's some external realities that come out from our lives in the church. Look at verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first pure. Now that's over and against jealous. There's there's a purity that's produced in our hearts toward others. Rather than seeing them as someone to defeat, we see them as someone to love and serve. It's first pure then peaceable, peaceable. We're not trying to win battles. We're trying to serve one another. And then gentle, open to reason. Open to reason means that we're able to have conversations. So the exact opposite of life on social media, okay? Open to reason, able to have conversations, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Sincere is from uh, the pot from pottery in that day. 
Um, sometimes pots that were, uh, that were fired in the kiln would have cracks, and they would fill these cracks with wax. Well, if a pot was sincere, that meant without wax, and it would be stamped on the bottom so that you would know that you wouldn't get this pot home and it get warm and the wax melt and what you would put in the pot leak out. Godly wisdom is, it produces people that are sincere. That there's no, no put on with them. No, nothing that, that you're, nothing you're going to find out later. They're sincere. It's what godly wisdom produces. And it, it, it produces something around us too. Verse 18. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. A harvest of righteousness. Sown in peace by those who make peace. Godly wisdom produces a harvest of righteous peacemakers. I grew up in a rural community, and I remember in the, uh, in the fall around harvest time, driving down the road and seeing just fields ripe, ready for harvest. Whether that was cotton or corn or uh, huge fields of pumpkins. I remember seeing all these things and just seeing this, this, this harvest ready. That's what godly wisdom produces in the church. It produces a beautiful community, a harvest of righteous peacemakers. That's what godly wisdom produces. So godly wisdom is a glad surrender to God's word and will that produces meekness in our hearts and a beautiful community in the church. That's godly wisdom. How do we apply this? Well, most weeks I'm thinking about how you, like as individuals, apply this passage. And and that's not wrong. That's important. But today I I really want us to think about how this applies to our church. So if you're our guest, if you do not yet call Exodus home, we want you to. Like we want you to call Exodus home. We would love for you to join our family. But my main uh, focus today is how this applies to those who call Exodus home. And James sets two options before us. He sets earthly wisdom and godly wisdom. And Exodus, the way we apply this today is we need to seek godly wisdom together. We need to seek godly wisdom. We need to be a people who gladly admit our need People who who come to God and say, I lack wisdom, you give it generously, and we rejoice in that reality who gladly admit their need. We need to be a people who gladly submit to God's word and will. Not our our thoughts and feelings, but God's word and will. We gladly submit to his word and will. We need to be that people. We need to be a people who are marked by a meekness that creates a beautiful community. And for that to happen, we need to seek godly wisdom, and we need to seek it right now, right now. Now, a real quick reminder, uh, the only way we get godly wisdom is because God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to live a perfect life of wisdom, to die in our place for all of our bitter jealousy, for all of our selfish ambition, for all the times we sowed discord in every vile practice in the church. God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to die for those things, so that we could be forgiven for those things, so that we could be set free and transformed, and so that we, by his grace, could be filled with godly wisdom. The only way we get godly wisdom is because of Jesus' death on the cross in our place. That's the only way we get it. 
We don't earn it. We don't achieve it. We have to receive it as a gift. And we need it right now. Right now. And, and maybe you're thinking, okay, sure, I get why we need it, but why do we need it right now? Like, why, why right now? And here's, here's what I would say. At the risk of sounding alarmist, if I was the evil one, and I'm not, okay, for clarity, all right? But if I was the evil one, I would be pretty intent on coming after this church right now. I'd be pretty intent on coming after this body of believers right now. I mean, think about it. It's been a crazy difficult year in general, but it's been a really difficult year for our church. In all of the years leading up to 2020, we had one funeral, and this year we've had three, and they've all been children. It's been a crazy difficult year. We're in the middle of an election season with great polarization and turmoil, and all of us want to share everything on social media together. And then we're in a leadership transition. If I was the evil one, this would be the time right now. And so I want us to seek godly wisdom. Because here's how I would do it. Like if I was the evil one, here's what I would do. I I would try to bring out all the bitter jealousy and selfish ambition I could whip up. I would do my best to get all that flowing. I would get us thinking about our strengths and everybody else's weaknesses. And I would forget, I would get everybody to forget that we have weaknesses too. I, I would, I would create all kinds of conflict around music. I, I would get us to compare everyone to Nathan and get us to be as critical as possible. I would get us to complain about song selection or volume or whatever. I, I would, I would just stir the pot right there. And then I would create all kinds of suspicion around how decisions are made. I would want to make all of us Aaron Burr where we want it from Hamilton, where we want to be in the room where it happens. I would, I would get us all to be that. And then when we were frustrated with, with concerns, I would get us to share those as prayer requests. And then when someone uh, maybe approached you about it, you, I would get you to say, well, I was just being honest or transparent. And then I would create just enough competition and comparison so there was this feeling of distrust and disorder. And then when I got that as hot as I could, I would convince as many people as possible to bite hard on earthly wisdom. I would get all of us to think, well, we, we can figure this out. We, we don't need God and his word. We're, we can handle this on our own. That's what I would do. Like if I was the evil one, that's what I would do. And make no mistake, he's smarter than I am. He's been around longer, and he's brought down lots of churches that way. And it would destroy everything beautiful that Jesus has built here. And so the antidote James offers is godly wisdom. And Exodus, we need to seek it. We need to seek it. We need to seek it to guard our unity Uh, Earthly wisdom creates conflict. Godly wisdom creates peace. We need to seek godly wisdom to guard our unity. We need godly wisdom to discern our path so that we know what to do and, and how to go about it. We need godly wisdom so that we can demonstrate the gospel together. James 3 reminds us that wisdom is more than content. It's community and how we treat one another. In Exodus, there's always been something beautiful about what God's built here. Messy. It's always been messy. But it's been a beautiful mess. 
And so we need to seek godly wisdom so that we can demonstrate the gospel well together. And so I just want to call us to prayer today. I want to call us to prayer between now and and the beginning of Advent. I want us to be praying that we would seek godly wisdom. In fact, I want us to pray for four things. They're going to be on the screen. That we would seek godly wisdom. That we would guard our unity. That we would discern our path. And that we would demonstrate the gospel. Will you join me in praying for this? Will you joining me? Will you will you join me in asking the God who gives generously for these things? Will you join me in this? Now, this afternoon, if you're if you call Exodus home and you're on Realm and you get messages through that uh, that internal communication tool, you're going to get a message with a link to a spreadsheet with opportunities for you to pray. We we want someone praying morning, noon, and evening on every day from tomorrow until the beginning of Advent. And I want to ask you to sign up, maybe one, uh, maybe, maybe two, and no more than two, because we want a lot of people praying. Exodus, we need to seek godly wisdom now more than ever. So I want to ask you to pray, and I want us to start now. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you that you are generous. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that you love to give You love to give wisdom to those who ask. Your word tells us that you love to give good gifts to your children, that it's your pleasure to give us the kingdom. And so, Lord, we ask that you would grant wisdom. Lord, we ask that you would guard our unity here, that we, by your grace and for your glory, would guard the unity of our church. Lord, we we know the evil one would love to create division and distraction. So, Lord, would you... Give us grace to guard our unity. Make us peaceable, gentle, impartial, sincere. And Lord, we we need wisdom about our path. We need to know what the next steps are for our church. So Lord, would you you grant that? We lack wisdom in that area, Lord. We, we, We need you to give us wisdom there. And Lord, uh, more, perhaps more than anything, we need to demonstrate the gospel to one another and with one another. Lord, we protect us from declaring a different gospel than we demonstrate. Protect us from, uh, from that, Lord. Help us by your grace to demonstrate to one another and with one another the beautiful gospel of Jesus. Help us do that well. Lord Jesus, we're, we're so grateful that you would live a perfect life of wisdom that you would die a brutal death to pay for our earthly wisdom, that you would be raised from the grave so that all who hope in you might have forgiveness of sin, be filled with the Spirit, and then be set free to live in the world. We're so, so grateful for that reality. And so, Jesus, we come to you for your grace, and we come to you for godly wisdom today. Thank you that you give it generously. And so we pray all this in your name and for your glory. Amen.